So Grow Listen, a Paso Hills Farm podcast where we nurture the soil, feed the community one meal at a time. My exhausted wife. You say that every time. It's true every time. We do it at the end of the day every time. It's back. Oh, the babysitters work during the day. So, you know, we can't get over that fact. So. Oh, I don't work during the day? Is that what you're saying? Well, no, I'm saying specifically the babysitters <laughs> do, because we can do this earlier in the day. So, I missed you last time. Sounds like it. I mean, did you listen to the podcast? No. Why not? Because I listen to you talk every single day. Ooh, that's actually true. I don't blame you. <laughs> so, how's the week been? It's been, it's a winter week it's been cold the glass door for the fireplace is supposed to be back it's supposed to be delivered today it wasn't delivered today no siles broke that it was an accident ago. yeah i should been say burning through the wood i should say for clarification purposes if we did have a wood stove the glass door would be broken and there was a screw up at the <laughs> there was a screw up at the uh dealer they didn't order it when I placed an order back in Thanksgiving. So we've been it, going through the wood. Oh well. If we had a wood stove. Yep. Theoretically. Yes, very much theoretically speaking. It's been it's been really cold. It's been nice. Well our old house, our old uninsulated house. But that mythical wood stove does heat it up. Yeah, it gives it a nice uh what is the word I'm looking for? Ambiance? Yeah, it does. Makes it feel like winter. I love how you open the windows in the kitchen because it gets too hot. <laughs> it is really hot, especially when it's full ablaze going. I mean, that is our, our signature piece, our wood cook stove. Anyhow. Well then, <laughs> um, last week we talked about microgreens, talked about our CSA. Did you listen to the clips that I'm, I put all over social media? I listened to one. And? It was good. I like our friend Kyle. I don't remember what it was about. It was something about CSAs. <laughs> There's so much information that comes through my brain throughout the week. I don't know what's what. Oh, gosh. I've been pumping out so much stuff. There was a, We had a lady stop by the farm today, and she she uh, manages the Manita Farmer's Market. And she was like, you're all over social media. I'm like, yeah, that's what happens when you post every day. And... Sometimes too much. Well, I, it's one. I well, I guess I should need to schedule some posts. But hey, I've actually noticed when I quote unquote post too much, I get a lot of sales. So it's working something. Apparently, I'm doing something. Whether it's the little bit of ads or something, but we are up to 21. No, excuse me, 22 CSA members. More than Yay. double last year. Yeah, double than last year. 
and ever so closer to where you are going to open and split that bottle of champagne with me at 30 members. Was it 30? I thought it was 50. No, it was 30. Oh. Because you said we weren't going to be able to make it to 50. Oh, okay. So Megan said we won't make it to 50, so we got to prove it wrong. My question is, when I sell 100 or our customers sell 100, how it's been going, everybody recommending us to everybody, if we reach 100, what will you open? Pandora's box. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'll celebrate. I'll make another chocolate sourdough loaf as a celebration. <laughs> you celebrate a lot then. Not really. So we're going to have the girls on later. So you all have to stay you all have to stay tuned. Yeah, you have to stay till the end now. The five year old will be here. She's very talkative of late. She was very excited to be on the podcast this evening. I can't believe so I started playing in the garden, believe it or not, on January twenty third. And we gotta start starting lettuce like in the next couple of weeks. Yep. And this is where you say, I told you so. I did. That should be a new segment. I need to write that down. Where Megan, what did Megan t- tell Jeremiah this week? I told you <laughs> that so. That he should have done. Months ago? Months ago. Oh, well, you know me. I never put anything. I always put everything off the last minute and get it done. It's best of close calls. I'm doing better. I am making an point this year will be better than last. It's already being better than last. Yeah. I was making a new spreadsheet and to play out the garden and the rows and everything and with the dates the sow dates and the harvest dates. And it was cool because I was pulling up my spreadsheet from last year and I didn't have to go through and research all the information. It was right there. I'm like, wow, imagine that. So I won't have you handy dandy cheat that you know what you got to start every week. Thank you. I I hate you right now. You, you made one last year that I never looked at. So, Well, this year there's no excuse. This <laughs> one's actually better laid out. Is it going to be? taped up on the refrigerator so I can look at it. Oh yeah, I know it's going to go on the board. Oh, I don't ever go down to the basement to look at the board. So, I will. <laughs> I'll laminate it and put it right over the right over the uh, seed starting area. Okay. What we're going to talk about today is why we are no spray. And that was a very good idea you had. I keep hinting on pork, but oh well. Let's talk about produce. I'm selling a, a lot more. of produce. Yeah, more, right? To my 10 people that are listening. Which half turns out to be my family. Yeah, I really <laughs> got to start watching what I say. <laughs> so, there's some other people that have told me they listen and enjoy it. Yeah, there are five. But hey, it's got to start somewhere. If those five people go out and recommend us word of mouth, then this is worth it, right? I guess so. Only time will tell. I'm really scattered brain this evening. I apologize. So, why are we no spray? What? So we did. We started do, kind of doing conventional with our first garden at the Roanoke House in 2020. We, I don't, we, I don't know. I kind of did quote unquote organic pesticides. We didn't use herbicides. We didn't have a whole lot of problems that first year. I don't know why. Well, it was fresh <laughs> iron bottom land right next to a creek. Yeah. So it was in the backyard and on our half acre. <laughs> Actually, it was less than a half acre. It was 0.47. And I was measuring the garden today. The, well, the top part of our garden, market garden, is is bigger than the lot that the house was 
was on in Roanoke. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, and then, then, so the first year on the farm, we kind of did a combination of organic methods. I mean, I used some sprays, some organic sprays, but we really, I tried to say, I used a little bit of seven, um, just because that's kind of what my parents had done growing up. And we really started to research it and look into it and decided to go away from the sprays. Last year was the first year that we really had went no spray. We didn't use anything. Um, Back in 2022, we did start using neem oil. We did start going quote quote unquote organic. And we started using like things like neem oil and stuff. And it still isn't all that great. Well, that's one thing I want to talk about first is with the thing about neem oil that I was really concerned about was how it works. So it's from a specific plant. I don't remember the name of the plant. It's probably something simple as neem. (laughs) So neem oil is, you know, refined. And how neem oil works, do you know how neem oil works? I would not be able to explain it, but yeah. Sort of. So how neem oil works is you spray it on the plant. It is absorbed by the plant. And then the plants, when the bugs eat the plant, they eat the plant leaves containing the neem oil. They eat it and die. So it's supposed not to have a withdrawal period. You know, you can spray on it so many hours before you consume it and you're fine. I thought it was like a day or two. Yeah, but it's supposed to last and kill bugs for a week or two. Okay. So the concentration is still high enough to kill insects, but I guess it's okay for you. But so we quit using it for our, for our own personal garden because I was like, all right, if I'm spraying something on this plant, yes, it's quote unquote safe according to the powers that be, but then it actually becomes a part of the plant. I don't know if I want to eat that. Yeah, probably not. You know, when people say no spray, like what is that? So it's no herbicides pesticides, or fungicides. It is what it says it is. We do not spray. Well, and then some people are like, well, you could do this or that. We don't spray. We don't inject. We don't put any kind of any any kind of chemical. And even, well, even we had talked if about, it says organic, it is still a chemical. We had talked about using BT, which is a fungus. It's, it's a pesticide, organic certified pesticide that it's from a fungus. We talked about injecting it into squash plants to deal with the squash bores. I would just rather succession plant. Yeah, we decided just against let it. Kill it and replant. Because we wanted, well, we wanted to to make sure there was no uh, misunderstanding about any, you know, no chemicals. But see, since some people use synthetic chemicals, they're no sprays. They they don't spray synthetic chemicals. Which you can, that's where it's labeling is important because you have synthetic, which is man-made. Then you have natural, then you have organic. Well, you you can have natural, is also, but is, is also not organic. Like some things that are quote-unquote natural are not certified organic. So there's a whole mess with that. There are... Herb, so that's kind of pesticides, kind of covers pesticides. So what we do for pesticides is we use row cover. Uh, we do two traps. That's just uh, pheromone, sticky traps, basically, to try to lessen the breeding 
They don't get nowhere near the plant. That's the thing, though, but you need bugs still. And we do. You can't get rid of bugs completely. Well, that's actually something that uh, some guys say, that if they don't use pesticides, that the good insects actually will come back into yeah, your ecosystem. you got to worry about, like, it, even, like, neem oil and stuff you have to worry about with bees being able to come around because you're killing off bees and you don't want to kill off bees. Supposedly you're not because they're not consuming the, the leaf. They're but still around it. They but, still recommend don't, don't you know, spray after the sun goes down or before and so often before the sun comes up. Yeah, so you might hit bees. Yeah. And that's one thing, too, like having a good bug population, like your predator, your beneficial insects is the term, such as your praying mantises, your ladybugs, and, you know, they they ladybugs eat your aphids and other things. So there's a lot of yep. benefits to, to not using pesticides. Not all bugs are bad. What? Heard it here, folks. First, folks. This is one thing. My brothers really noticed, too, that when the birds will start to migrate in August, his insect load goes up significantly. <laughs> so that's also another thing people Never try to really encourage noticed. is having your, you know, your birds, your blue martins and stuff around your garden to provide habitat for them. So it's a multifaceted approach. Then you get into your no herbicides. So... Typically, in a traditional, people will use plastic agriculture and, you know, they'll plant in the plastic. And then in between where there's dirt exposed, in between the rows of plastic, they'll roll a herbicide down, glyphosate. And see, that's why, so it's not spraying it near the plant. You're not spraying it, you're rolling it. And so, therefore, it's not coming in contact with the plant or around the plant. However, <clears throat> there are some issues with killing the biome in your soil, the beneficial funguses and stuff that's in your soil. Yeah. And then what if you use that area for food next year? There's also uh, some studies done that glyphosate will bind your calcium, magnesium, and your micronutrients to magnesium, and the plants will not be able to access that nutrient. Because <laughs> there's been some... Interesting studies. That makes done. sense why people are so magnesium deficient. Yep. And so there's been some interesting. I came across a podcast last year and they were growing the plant that cannot be named in mm-hmm. California. And, but what's it, you know, these guys are like, gosh, if you want to learn how to grow produce, like you don't go listen to the market garden, vegetable gardens, go listen to the cannabis guys <laughs> because they got it down in. They're like, you know, they take their stuff seriously. Oh, gosh. But they were talking about the relationship between plants and the microorganisms in the soil. And they've actually proven that through basically chemical um, communication, the plant will actually communicate to the microorganisms. The microorganisms will then harvest the needed nutrients in the soil and transfer it to the plant. Hmm. And so... If you take good care of your soil and build your biome and inoculate and support the funguses, the concept is if you build your soil with your good microbiome your uh, and your micronutrients, then your plants will grow. You don't grow plants. You grow your soil. 
And what's really fascinating is that they've, they've really studied that even the plants will communicate with each other and they will even go across. It was, it's, it's really interesting because it, it's on a chemical micro level and they're just now figuring all this out. You going to start playing music for your plants now? No, n- <laughs> no, I'm not. But, I mean, this is the same thing the no deal and the no till guys have done for decades. Is like there, I came across the Instagram video talking about an old lady, and she's a famous gardener. I'd heard her name, but uh, she, you know, her great grandparents or grandparents in the 1800s wouldn't till, and they would just, you know, put hay and plant around to the hay and stuff. Yeah. And so, what they've done and realized is you actually have to feed your soil. Yeah. And then you're, you're, you're cultivating that biome, and that biome is what actually uh communicates to the plants or that, that supports the plants mm-hmm. because it, they break down the nutrients better and what they're also realizing is once you spray glyphosate it kills the microbiome kills something that was alive yeah who knew supposedly it doesn't but and there's a whole interesting there there's a lot of interesting studies in this and it just goes to show you how important the small things, because, you know, you have your, you know, your nitrogen and your potash and your potassium. That's the, that's, you know, that's your 10, 10, 10, right? Yeah. So they've also realized that plants need more than just those three ingredients. Now, those are the three largest ingredients, but there's a lot more to that. And their gardeners and stuff are really starting getting into the micronutrients, like your ratio between your calcium and your magnesium and your cobalt. Actually, so cobalt, it's like in the nanograms, but having a proper level of cobalt in your soil is extremely important. And it's really just fascinating how you, if you really grow your soil, it'll, it'll take care of you. Get your soil tested. See what you need. Yeah. Take it to Logan Labs. Don't send it down to the, They'll send it down the tech. That was a big stance right there. Well, so Logan Labs, we sent ours off. It's a little expensive, but they break it down to the micronutrient level. They'll actually give you a recommendation. Uh, for instance, we sent a sample of compost off, and we set also set off a our you know just our soil, and they actually said, "Hey, this is what you're deficient in in your soil." If this is the compost that you're using, you need to apply this much compost per um, a thousand uh, a thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. So you know you take it down the tech, you send it off the tech, and they're like, "All right, you need you know this much night." You know, of course they say you know night. Then you, then they're based around your typical chemical fertilizer. Yeah, and then also I didn't do this last year. I really don't do this this year. Logan Labs will also take a leaf sample. And they'll analyze it and, and truly tell you what your plant is deficient in. Hmm. There's a lot to it. Your plant does also tell you what it needs. It does, especially if you watch it. Yeah. Uh, and then fungicide. So the issue that a lot of people have with fungicides and their concern is that a lot of them are copper-based. And now copper in your soil and copper in your diet. We, we need copper too, but we need very, 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 very small amounts. A little. And so there is a concern, rightly so, 
that spraying fungicides, even though it is, could be detrimental because it also does kill your good funguses. It's another reason people don't like it. So there's a lot of things you can do to spray against fungus. Uh, for instance, put wood chips around your plants, trim your plant leaves up so your rainwater doesn't splatter on your plants and some more things like that. And also get fungus resistant varieties. And if you have plants that have gotten fungus, you need to take them away from. Don't burn them. Yeah, don't burn them and dispose of them away from where you're planting. Less then, chance of getting it the next year. And do crop rotation. Yep. So it goes back to keeping chemicals out of your diet as much as possible. Yep. Because, so this is one going to next time. Did you, uh, you, you didn't read this article, did you? You told me somewhat about it, but didn't read it. So this article is from the Telegram, dated today. No, yesterday, dated yesterday. And so the headline reads, Carbon footprint of homegrown food five times greater than those grown conventionally. The study found individual garden infrastructure responsible for increased levels of CO2. Now, this paper goes to reference a University of Michigan study about the impacts of uh, urban gardening in particular on the uh, CO2 emissions. And what's kind of funny is, you know, you read the headline, right? Yeah. Carbon footprint of homegrown food, five times greater than those grown conventionally. Makes you sound like, man, I'm just here. I thought I was, you know, being good and everything, right? Yeah, helpful. Yeah, so if you actually go into the article, what they point out is that uh, it depends on the crop. Yeah. So, for instance, growing t- growing tomatoes in your backyard are better. And then, you know, g- talks about these other things. What do you think is the reason that um, small backyard gardens are, quote, unquote, uh, five times greater in emissions? What would you think it was? It's probably because, I don't know. You, 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 the, basically, the whole thing in the study is your raised beds, the wood that you're building your raised beds out of, that's the reason. Oh, it's the trees we're cutting down. Yeah. <laughs> and We're still doing that? Well, it's not I remember that being trees. a thing when we were children. You know, we were cutting down rainforests and all that so we could make paper. Here, two thirds of from the article, two thirds of the carbon footprint of allotments is created by the garden itself. Data show, and building it to endure tough winters for several years can reduce the impact. And um, what's I hate my printer sometimes. And what what really struck me is this uh, one quote. Fruit was found to be 8.6 times more eco-friendly when grown conventionally compared to in a city, whereas vegetables were 5.8 times higher, excuse me, 5.8 times better for the environment when left to the professionals. Now, Steve, they don't think we're excuse me, they don't think we're professionals. Nini would be a professional. I would tend to agree, but <laughs> so I mean this the... It is it's a stupid article. I don't it is stupid. 
Yeah, but it's like, oh, you know, here they're like people that read this article and be like, here I thought I was, yeah, you know, they see the headline, oh, up. I thought I just, you know, was doing better for the environment. Well, come to find out, it's not. Yeah, but you'll go to the store and you'll purchase uh, fruit that's already been peeled and put into plastic containers for you. That's helping the environment. That's better. And that's what the article. That's what the study says. Mm, okay. I have a. I have an opinion. Oh, really? You don't say? I don't think they want people growing small gardens in their backyard. What makes you think that? Because it pretty much said in that article. <laughs> of course they don't. They want you sitting there looking at your at your your doom scrolling device. Because, so basically, if I grow a garden in my backyard, then I don't care about the environment, is what the article. Yeah. After you just had that however long chat about soil health grown conventionally <laughs> yeah we've been using the term we use the term beyond organic because we're not allowed to use the term organic because we're not certified but we're beyond organic it's true right, they're gonna have all that term because all the uh the no spray people are really embracing it i mean what else are you supposed to use let's get certified which is a pain in the butt so so i did a little research today you know to Actually, you know, have some receipts as it was. So, did you know, which I mean, you probably do, organic, certified organic, what percentage does that have to be? What percentage of that product has to be organic to be labeled certified organic? I actually don't know that one. It's a really low number, isn't it? 95%. Oh, it's 95%. Okay. So, you can have something that's organic. That is 5% not organic. 5% is a lot. Yeah. It's not 100. So there was uh, a bunch of rules got changed by the USDA this year. Or, yeah, it went into effect on January 1st about kind of shortening the organic loopholes, as they call them, because I found all kinds of articles about the USDA is closing loopholes. And they give, oh, so it goes into effect January 1st. This past mm-hmm. January, they give one year for them to f- come into compliance unless you're a chicken farmer. And then they give you five years. So, uh, for instance, I came across dairy cows. So, this is the new rule. So, certified organic dairy, right? How long do you think that that mama cow has to be on Organic pasture and organic feed before they can. So let me remember phrases. All right. So a milk cow, right? Mm. During her third trimester is when she has to be transferred to organic feed and or on organic pasture to be to for a certified organic dairy. It's only you know a couple months. Yeah, before they start milking her and being cert, you know, so she's certified. That that's that's just the new rule. That's how it wasn't before the new rule. Hmm. And of course, they just they still have a year to come into compliance. And um, what they used to do is you could transfer a cow from a conventional farm to an organic farm, and then just right then and there start milking her, feeding her, and calling it certified organic. So here's the 
nice flyer that you know the USDA points out. And I actually, I actually read the rule or parts of the rule that this references to find details on these generalities, right? Mm. So this is the organic livestock and poultry standards final rule. This is the you know closing the organic loophole, right? That I mentioned. The organic livestock and poultry standards establishes indoor and outdoor space requirements for avian species. Sets specific space and stocking density requirements for both indoor and outdoor. Poultry must have year-round outdoor access and may only be confined temporarily in limited situations. Sounds pretty good, right? Mm -hmm. Then I looked into it. That outdoor access is not clearly defined. It only has to be 75% soil. All right. The organic livestock and poultry standards production practices for mammals and non-avian species. Shelter must be allowed for animals to move, stretch, and express natural behaviors over a 24-hour period. Animals must be unrestricted outdoor access year-round. Uh, the standard adds species-specific requirements for swine, including requirements for rooting materials and group housing. So they go into this, and basically, a sow doesn't it can't be in a farrowing cage for so long. It, it's a lot of little things, but it, it's nothing that I, I would still classify what we do well above and beyond this. Because it's very vague on how much. See, that's when you got to look at the rules, right? Especially the generalities like this. You know, it doesn't define how much, how much in this generality, how much space they got to have and everything. Because it's really complicated, and there's loopholes still. Oh, and vaccines are considered organic. I did. I I actually did find the the rule on that. All vaccines. There was no specification. Any <laughs> vaccines a veterinarian recommended for that, that are approved for that species. So, yeah, one-on-one poultry was like, they they were complete. I read some of the comments and stuff when the rule was being proposed. And the uh, USDA wanted 30% of the chicken house had to be uh, dirt. Or some kind of like movable, you know, not a solid floor. Mm. Then they got it down to fifteen percent because that's what the inf- existing infrastructure can support. There's so much information out there, but, but I've come to realize that a lot of people don't take the time to do their own research. I really hope that people do their own research when it when it comes to some of the nuances with what they purchase at the store, because w- w- when I Research it on my own. It's very alarming that it's worse than I even thought it was. Because, for instance, I knew you know ninety five percent is certified organic. There's a lot of wiggle room in that five percent. Now, people are like, "Oh, you know, it's it's fine." They say it's fine. I'm to the point like I don't. I have a hard time trusting anyone that says, "All right, we're gonna put a substance into an animal." Or on a plant that if you eat it right after we inject it into the animal or spray it on the plant, you're going to die. 
but if we have a waiting period, you're fine. And I'm like, well, what is it going to do to that animal? You know, and then what's it going to do to me? Because, you know, our own journey, we've realized that a lot of our physical ailments come down to what we eat. So, you know, I made some, I made some smoked, or excuse me, made some cured meats from the pork we process ourselves. And, you know, I put nitrates in it because that's what you're supposed to do because nitrates are safe. Well... Yeah, I found out I don't like nitrates. Or nitrates don't like you. Yeah, nitrates don't like me. So next batch, we're not doing nitrates. And I'm going to do more research on, excuse me, cold smoking cured meats. Because there has been a lot of research done that smoking, cold smoking cured meats does the same thing as nitrates. (laughs) With the added safe benefits. Now there's some people that swear up and down don't touch nitrates. And legally, you cannot sell cured meats without nitrates in it. So the nitrates is what prevents botulism. Yeah. But yeah. It's good. I, I, I like eating it. Didn't like after. So and this is this is something that again another nuance I didn't realize. So uncured bacon, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's uncured. It's doesn't have nitrates in it, right? Well, if you look on the label, it has celery juice. Celery juice is a naturally occurring sodium nitrate. Now, some people can eat celery, you know, be products of celery juice and have no problem. Others do, of course, if they want to do nitrates. But it's like, it's nitrate-free, but they put celery juice in it for the nitrates. But, well, it's not artificial. Okay? Then just say that. Well, I'm sure just they say do. It's... it's probably in small print on the back. I'm going to say it bigger. The more I get into this whole food thing, especially that article, see, a lot of people aren't going to realize that that article is part of a narrative. They're building a narrative that... If you don't, or if you continue to grow a garden, of course, this is off the headline. If you actually go into the article, you realize that, yeah, you should probably grow tomatoes in your backyard because, you know, you're saving the environment. But you don't build boxes and stuff because that's, you know, where you're going wrong. But nobody does this because the headline went around social media. And basically, the headline's alluding that if you grow a garden in your backyard, therefore, you don't care about the environment. That's what that headline is portraying. Yeah. So, it gets people to think, oh, maybe I shouldn't grow a a garden. And this all goes down to they want people, they, the big they, want people to be less supporting and or less self-sufficient. Listen, I don't I don't give two well, I can't say that. I I don't care if you buy from us or buy from anybody. Everyone should try to grow a garden to grow their own food because it's that little much that you're being sustainable. It's your that at least you're connected to your food. Yes. And you get kind of a sense of it. So and and people aren't connected to their food enough. Mm-mm. It was a statistic that 64% of 
of people under the age of 18 have never seen a live cow in person. I can't fathom that because just going to my grandmother's house, there was cows, you know, it's, at the that's wazoo. That's a lie. <laughs> people are just so connected, disconnect, excuse me, disconnected from their food. And then I was talking to a lady the other day and I was like, you know, I, I can't sell you the pork that I processed myself. She's like, why not? And I was like, because it doesn't have that government label sticker on it. She's like, oh, you have to process all your meat at a inspected facility? Y- yep. Yes. You have to go through the loopholes. People don't understand how it works. Mm-hmm. They just go to the store and buy it. And that's what this whole organic thing. So this rule that, that I, I read earlier. It's been going around for almost 10 years now. They've been debating it for 10 years now because they've realized the issues with quote-unquote organic uh, loopholes. And they even knew, there was a couple articles I came across, that even in the 90s when they passed the organic laws, that they knew there were giant loopholes. It's a scam. Yep. And, it's another way to control you. And, of course, what they'll say is, if you actually read it, people think that organic equates healthy. And then down in the article, it said that there is – all studies show that there is none or or very little nutritional value from eating organic food versus conventional food. And I'm like, it's, I said, they don't get it. It's not that it's nutritious or not. It's, people care because you're not spraying it with a bunch of crap. Yep. I get the non-organic if we have to buy anything at the store. It's cheaper. And I know, I know that probably, it's probably the same stuff. So, and this whole appeal, this whole appeal being organic certified is ridiculous. It's bull crap. You know, do you want to elaborate on what appeal is? Uh, I'm, I'm not well versed in it. I'm not either. That's all I was going to ask you. <laughs> uh, so basically, it's a coating that they put on fruit to pro- protect yeah, it keeps its freshness. It, from, it keeps it from going bad real fast. Yeah, it's organic. And people are like, I don't want my fruit sprayed with scrap. Mm-hmm. That's and you can't get it. It's it's on the conventional raised stuff and it's on the organic raised stuff. Yep. It's on and the organic everything. stuff's been hiding it that it's on it. Yes. They'll strategically place their stickers over top of the thing that says that appeal on it. So gotta be careful. Is it worth it? Is it worth sitting here in the evening talking about these things? Think people's actually going to listen? Probably not. But thank you for those. You never know. Because time and time again, it's education, education, education. Well, people have to actually go and look for it, unless it. And you also can't just take two people's word for it on a podcast either. You need to do your own research, or go regardless of what that stupid article said about doing your own research. Did you hear about that one? Tell me, I didn't read it, but did you well, I didn't it? read it, but I heard about it. Which I mean, I should have read it, but it it basically said you doing your own research is stupid. You should just listen to the experts. Is 
what it was. Yeah, because <laughs> if you do your own research, you, you might become a conspiracy theorist or something. I don't know what it was, but it was something stupid. Yeah, it was going around X. And it's it goes back to this whole thing of they don't want you to think for yourself. Oh, did I did you see that story I shared on the the farm's Instagram? Uh, might not. Is this scene out of the original Drudge? Or, yeah, or not Drudge. Um, Judge Dread with uh, Sylvester Stallone. And the guy says, paraphrasing, I'm a, you know, I think for myself, I want to be. Actually, did you. Do you, you why it? doing your own research may make you believe fake news? Uh, read it. And there's another one that says doing your own research is a good way to end up being wrong. <laughs> That's the one that I heard about. Well, so what they're saying is there's so much quote unquote misinformation that you cannot figure out what's true. And so what's you're not. telling the people that they're stupid and they have no critical thinking, which a majority of people don't because they teach it out of you in schools. They only teach you how to take a test. Well, this goes back to what that speech I did. A while back where I was talking about how oh, I'm trying to find it. Um, I'm trying to find the video. It, it's how that speech I was talking about w- was how they know better than you. Yeah. So you cannot discern truth for yourself. Therefore, you are dependent upon their knowledge. And th- th- that's what's really frustrating is that people don't realize or they realize what's happening and they don't seem to care. I mean, they're literally saying, don't think for yourself. Don't grow your own food. Don't talk to your neighbor. It's just, there's so much dividing going on. And honestly, food is the great unifier. Because you would think people would, people would rally around food freedom, right? You would think. You would think. But they know better. What's the whole thing about raw milk? As a consumer, people believe that as a consumer who is knowledgeable, they should be able to purchase from, you know, whoever, if they're informed. And the government's like, no, because we got to protect you from yourself. Or canning. You know, in cases of botulism, there are like a, I think it's like in a year, it's like 12. And a majority of them come from restaurants, not your own canned goods at home. We're, we're So we're not allowed to grow, we're, we're against the climate if we grow a garden. We can't think for ourselves because of, we can't figure out what's true or not. Yep. Because we might believe the wrong thing. Yep. We can't put up our own food through the winter because we might get because sick. We'll get sick and die. Um, what am I missing? Oh, yeah, you can't say the you can't say the wrong thing, or you can't say the you can't say the misinformed thing because you might misinform someone else. Should have done your own research then. Gosh, <laughs> you never I, take anybody's word verbatim. You have to go and you have to. To look it up and then decipher from yourself whether it's true. If you really think, you can you can decipher whether something is true or not. So this is what <laughs> we were taught 
in college, go to your primary sources. Don't so don't go is, to two yahoos who started a podcast for their farm. This is <laughs> what journalism do, does anymore. They'll cite each other. Yeah. A journalism will write an opinion piece. Another journalist will cite it, saying that's fact, basically as fact. Because yeah. you're not going to look, because the second journalist will state it's fact. You're not going to look at the footnote in the reference, because we're lazy. I don't even do that. And then the third journalist, fourth journalist, it might be, you know, the fifth article the references, it might be the Bible, God's truth, that that original source. But in fact, it was opinion. Yep. So, you know, go to your primary sources, your pull up the USDA rule and read it. Uh, look at their certification. There's so much information out there. It's ridiculous. And yeah, some of us are defined, but go, look at it yourself. Don't just go through the first Google page. Well, it's the same thing with studies. Now, now this is the problem. You almost have half a degree in statistics anymore to look at studies because they're so skewed. Yeah. Because you have to go into and look at the um, the data set to figure out whether it's true or not because studies can be manipulated however they do. Because, I mean, people realize that they just shrug it off. But at the same time, you need to go and figure out what's truth. Because if you give up the concept that you yourself can determine what truth is without an expert, you lose your individualism. Because if you basically hand over your critical thinking to an expert, which has happened, and I believe it is by design, therefore you cannot... Um, you are always beholding to the expert, the person that knows. Yeah, become a zombie. I mean, hey, Disney was talking about this new uh, virtual reality floor where you can walk in any direction. It, you know, they were talking about you can go virtual reality anywhere in the world and visit it and stuff, and it really got me thinking. So. We're just going to stay in our house, don't have to travel, and that's it. Have you seen the video games where it maps your house? It's the virtual reality video games that maps your house, and you can shoot things and stuff around your house, and you no, I haven't. go around. I've seen it. It's some guy has got it, but it was creepy. See, this is this is what is concerning to me. It's not that... It's so that you are, it's more comfortable to stay in your house ordering door, ordering Instacart from your grocery store, being disconnected from your food, being disconnected from how everything works. And, and then, you know, you're sitting on the couch fat and happy. Instead of sweating your butt off in the hot sun. Hoe in the garden. There is something very rewarding about doing stuff with your own hands and building something with your own hands. They've actually said, like, you get, like, a serotonin boost when you use your hands to do stuff. And you have that satisfaction of seeing something built or seeing something grow. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I built that. And it's not instant satisfaction. 
that you have, which I hate that instant satisfaction. That's why I'm, I barely let the kids play video games because they get the instant satisf- satisfaction and then they don't want to do your normal everyday tasks because it's doesn't, it doesn't get done quick enough. Yeah. They just want to get it over with. And you got to learn that you don't need that. You need to take time to get your stuff done. And then when it's done, it's rewarding. And you can look back and say, I did a good job. I had a good day. So take gardening, for instance, because, you know, it's January. So we're selling, you know, we're selling stuff, pre-selling stuff right now. We're planting the garden. I mean, we got to order, you know, we're ordering our stuff or all of our seed. You know, we're not going to, some of this stuff isn't going to be completed until August. I mean, that's a lot of planning and stuff. That's another thing. People who just go to their day job and, you know, work out that nine to five or whatever, sometimes, you know, they don't have a, a forward planning, you know, it's just the next thing, or they might look towards their vacation or something. And there is a awesome sense of reward when you have a project that you've been working on for a while and building it. Yep, you get that first bite of a cucumber. Uh, you're looking forward to that, aren't you? Yeah. I'm going to come down and munch on it, right? Like, hey, look, honey, what I found. <laughs> first cucumber of the season. I'm starting to feel better about this year. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be work, but I am feeling a little better about it actually might work. Wow, no, you're nuts, honey, or no affirmation? It, it might, I don't know. Uh, see into the future. Man, I can't believe it was almost February. We got one more podcast in January. I've been so busy, I really haven't even sat down and thought about these podcasts. I like where to go. Maybe that's the problem. It might be. I've. Or the fact that I don't know what we're talking about till we sit down. You you were the one who told me, hey, we're going to talk about nose spray. I didn't tell you what. I just gave you a suggestion. I didn't say what. Oh, oh well. <laughs> Does the outline help? or I don't know. You don't give that to me until about five minutes before either. So I got to do operational preparation of the environment? Might help. How about you do the podcast? Take over the podcast. Nah. I like being disconnected from technology as much as possible. All I've been doing is sitting in front of the computer. How's farming going? I mean, I've been selling stuff. It's going. I need to get. I just find it funny. You know, farming now is sitting in front of the computer. Not from nine to five, but from five to 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, I know. I got up at five o'clock this morning, hit it, and. I ain't gonna go home. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> We're gonna go home and be like, and it's like so. It's like if you don't stay up on Facebook, and that's your that's your that's your sales. You know, editing the podcast, doing bites, getting you know, getting people educated. I've noticed we've had a lot more engagement in sales with people getting educated. Uh, we're picking up, you know, we're picking up people come by the farm and just buying chicken and stuff. Of course, are insanely good. Chicken sale, which I'll keep going on for however long. And, you know, all those things have added up. So, and we hit $8,000 in sales this month. Our best month ever. 
Last year we did $15,000. So we're now officially over half of our 2023 sales in January of 2024. That was a very unenthusiastic fist bump. I'm just thinking about how it's all CSA stuff. It's sales, honey. It's sales. Yeah, but you're not going to have CSA in August. Might. We'll see. I'm going to plant sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes don't come in until October. <laughs> so it's, it's we're all figuring it out, honey. So I listened to the marketing podcast, right? And they were talking about what is better this year than last year. Last year at this time, I think I had five newsletter subscribers. This year. You're still working your old job. Yeah. This year, I got I'm mean, we're up to 162. We've actually picked up 30-some uh, subscribers lately. That's uh, really exciting. And let's see here. Uh, our sales have exploded. And we got a lot more. We, you know, we got a lot more followers on Facebook. We got a lot more interaction. We got a lot of good, loyal customers. We have more. We have people listening to the podcast. Hey, Mom. That's really bugging you now, isn't it? What? Harry, you were all excited. What do you mean? Oh, you were like, oh, yeah, 10 people's listening to it, and you find out three are your siblings and parents? No. I kind of figured. Well, I mean, I didn't figure, but, yeah. I don't pay attention to the numbers. I haven't looked at it. You're definitely a lot better to look at than Kyle was last week. <sighs> there might have been some beverages involved last week. That's probably why I got so talkative. And that's your problem this week. <laughs> All right. Let's bring the girls in here and have the kids time. Okay. I'll get that. So, Thea and Nora. Hey, Nora, you're a big five now, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> they can't stop yelling. We we had to do a take two because she wouldn't stop laughing. Yeah. So, Thea, what what are you going to talk about today? What's your topic of the day? Anything new on the farm? No. No. Same old, same old. It's been really cold. Uh, we got some chickens, didn't we? Actually, no. Well, I ordered some chickens. We got some chickens out of the fritter. Oh, what? Yeah, I got some more chick coming. Chickies? I love chickies. Yeah. <laughs> well, how how are the baby goats doing, Nora? Good. Good. Are they growing? Yeah. Yeah, they were. Uh, We had a visitor on the farm today, and she was going on and on about how cute the goats were. Okay, (laughs) what was that? Was she she being a DJ? Cleaning up the building. Yeah, we did that. What else? Bed. Do chores. Do chores. Got lots of eggs. 
Yeah, we start, eggs starting to get back. What what do we do to get our egg, our our homestead eggs up? We put lights in the coop. We, Dad. I was gonna say I don't remember anyone else being out there. We put lights in the coop. We got it on a timer. Yep. So it gives them a little more. What's it called, Megan? I forget what the word is. I think you've been you've been feeding them scraps too. I think that's been helping too with eggs. Yeah. Um, I help mom. You been helping mom, Nora? What's yep. mom been doing? Um, um uh, I forget. Take care of the baby. Yeah. Then wash dishes, cook. Make bread. Make bread. Yummy bread. Delicious, delicious, delicious bread. Sourdough. Sourdough. Animal. Yeah. Ooh, what what did mom make today? Uh, I don't know. Chocolate sourdough? Yeah, chocolate sourdough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It sounds like it sounds like when you're in a video game. Is that when people are talking? Oh, really? So, what are we going to do this week? Anything? Um, probably walk. Of course, we're going to work. <laughs> oh, plant the garden. Plant the garden. Plant the garden. Plant the garden. Well, this has been Nora's commentating time. <laughs> Nora's. <laughs> Nora's comedy show. <laughs> All right. Say bye, Nora. Bye. Say bye, Thea. Bye. All right. This has been So Girl Listen. Bye. Thank you for listening to this Fassel Hills Farm podcast. Together on